This is the Chicago Golf Report podcast, hosted by Walter Liss. Today's guest is Kirk Blackney, general manager and pro shop owner at Woodruff Golf Course. Maybe can you give an overview of, of who you are and, and uh, how you got here? Okay, okay. This, you want the start of how I got into golf and everything, huh? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a long story, a long road. Um, <laughs> no, I, I grew up outside of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, right by the Joliet Country Club. Mm-hmm. Um, a little neighborhood called Manandale, like kind of right outside the fence off of Mills Road. And uh, actually, you know, funny story how I started is, is golfers were probably not quite as wild because they didn't hit it as far back then, but they would often hit the golf balls over the fence. And so I'd find golf balls and kind of by the fence, I would kind of look at the golfers and kind of, I actually started imitating, you know, I had a stick and I would imitate what the golfers were, were doing on the course. And I <laughs> my grandma wasn't too fond of this, but I dug a couple holes in my yard and I had the stick and I actually would just imitate the golfers. I would putt with this stick into these holes. So there was a, a, a gentleman that kind of saw me doing this and he gave me a golf club that was probably from the 1950s, this old <laughs> club. And this club never left my side. Like I would putt with it, I, I, not putt with it, but I would hit it in the park, in the field, in the yard wherever I could. Ultimately, I got an old secondhand set of clubs. And, you know, I, I hit balls whenever I could with these. After my, so that was probably when I was about 12 years old. After my freshman year of high school, I was lucky enough to get a junior season pass to the Jolly Park District. So I lived about four, about four or five miles from, from Woodruff. And I would ride my bike in the summer after my freshman year. I'd ride my bike with my clubs on my shoulder from from my house to Woodruff every day, every day. And I would play golf 12 hours a day. So I went from being the worst player on the freshman team to being the MVP of the varsity at Joliet Central my sophomore year. And uh, went on to play golf at uh, University of St. Francis after that. So, uh, so that's that's kind of how I got started in in the game. So that actually answers a lot of questions because your moniker on YouTube is Mr. Short Hitter, but you're really not a short hitter, comparatively speaking. You have a beautiful swing, and so I I think the expectations were a lot lower. <laughs> it's like Mr. Short Hitter. But no, like he's hitting beautiful and you, I mean, I watched your video yesterday, um, or it, at least it was posted yesterday, and I think you shot one under par for nine without yeah. the pins. So right. um, I guess that then the next question is, how did you get started with filming these videos for YouTube? How What what was the idea? How did that come about? Well, actually, it's the, I had a YouTube channel for, I had the YouTube channel probably for a couple of years. And my my actually my my little brother kind of encouraged me he's like you know you're creating some uh you do a lot in golf and it would kind of inspire a lot of people to to take up the game to play the game you should create a a channel 
So I started the channel. I didn't really do anything with it for, for a while. You know, I just created a little video here and there. And what happened over last winter, I, I picked up a seven wood, you know, it was always in my head, whether I should hit a seven wood or, or, or a three hybrid, you know, I had three hybrid, four hybrid. So I was trying to make that decision. I picked up this seven wood in the winter and then it just sat in the corner. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, maybe a little bit at that time, it was still kind of, I mean, I, I, I've been golfing a long time, so it's always kind of been a stigma with a seven wood, like that they're for senior golfers. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but it kind of sat in the corner and it was June to where I decided I want to actually see if I should put this club in my bag. And I, when I thought about it, I'm like, well, let's do a comparison, which made me then decide, okay, let's, let's do a comparison video. I'll compare the seven wood to the three hybrid. Once I did that, I posted that video and it seemed like it was the first video that I created that got a lot of engagement. It seemed like it answered a lot of questions for people. There was a lot of people making, trying to make that same decision that I was. Uh, and from that, it kind of encouraged me to say, hey, I could create some value here for people. And that is really what, what pushed me to create more content. So I would say June is really when I started making content on a regular basis once that video came out. And even now, you know, it was kind of slow at first, but at some point, I don't know if it was August or so, that video kind of picked up. And now that's that's still probably the most popular video on my channel. So your the content that you post is very well done. And I think anybody's ever tried to create a video will understand this is not easy what you're doing is not easy that's a whole different from the sound to the editing to all of that do you have any background in in video editing and creation well you know it's it's funny actually i i don't you know it's just a kind of a a uh learn on the job experience right you know i look back at some of the videos that i started or, or that i did when i first including that seven wood versus three wood video and I kind of marvel at at how far I've come, and and you know I, I make a goal with anything in life is to try to get one percent better, one percent better every day. So every video that I make, I try to make it a little better than the last one. Uh, and editing, like you're saying, it's it's really a, a not an easy process at all. You can spend on an eight minute video, you can easily spend eight hours editing that video easily. You know. So sometimes I have to kind of tell myself, okay, this, this video is ready to go <laughs> because <laughs> otherwise I could sit there, you know, 10, 15 hours if I, if, you know, if I let myself. Uh, so I do enjoy that process, but it is a, it is a challenge, but no, I have, I didn't have any background in it when I started. It's just trying to learn something, you know, just trying to learn a little bit more every, every day and also learning some shortcuts, you know, <laughs> to where. The videos I'm making now, probably four months ago, would have taken me twice as long to make them. But I'm learning some shortcuts as I go. So how do you then decide the topics that you want to create videos about? Well, I may, most of the videos 
I kind of look at, is it going to, is it something that can help the viewer? Okay. Uh, whether it be a comparison, like, like what got me started, that seven versus three hybrid video. I've done videos, uh, five hybrid versus five iron. So those are people making decisions of what should be the longest club in their bag. Um, uh, I do like the strategy videos. I think that's, you know, I'm not a PGA professional or anything, but I think that um, I'm not the most physically gifted golfer. So I think what I've done throughout my golf career is I've leaned on strategy more. So some of the things that are kind of um, second nature to me strategically on a golf course, there's a lot of people that probably don't think about that. So I think Though that's an area where I could really benefit, especially there's a lot of higher handicappers that are gravitating to my channel. So I think the strategy of like the video you just talked about, you know, I had the golf, I had the group in front of me take all the pins out and leave them anywhere so that even subconsciously, if there's a pin, you kind of swing towards that pin. Mm -hmm. But if there's no pin there, I've got no choice. Just hit it in the middle of the green. So Obviously, that video is one that I think can help people that you should be aiming at the green more often, right? Um, to take it to the extreme, you may have a golfer that doesn't think, <clears throat> excuse me, that doesn't think about that strategy to where they may have a, a pin that's tucked to the back right of the green over a bunker and there's water, right? And they're aiming at that pin, you know? Uh, so, so I think that's, those are the things that I can do that can, can help the golfer. That's one, one way. Uh, if there's something that I'm going to try in my golf game, uh, for instance, a, uh, I recently picked up, it's a replica of a, of a bunker. Okay. I, I actually built, I haven't released a video on it, but I'll probably do it in the spring is, is last year I built a, a putting green in my backyard. Mm. So with this putting green, I kind of thought jokingly to myself that I should build a bunker, but I don't want to get into the process of building a bunker for this green. So then I thought, okay, is there some kind of product that could be a replica of a bunker where I can practice my bunker shots outside mm -hmm. on this green? I found that product. So I'm going to try it. And if it works for me, then I'll do it and do a review on the channel. So, so, so if it's something I can do to help the golfer, if it's some product that I'm going to try that I like, uh, and probably about 30% of the videos at least are based on subscriber feedback. Mm. Uh, I may do a video. I do a lot of golf ball reviews. I may review the, I've got a Tylus AVX video coming up. Uh, a viewer may watch the video and they may say, uh, have you tried the Max Fly Tour Ball? Um, so subscribers are constantly giving, you know, for instance, one video I did, uh, a guy asked about the vice drive. And just today, I actually looked, looked at the channel and the first comment was, was on a video where he said, Hey, I know you're going to do the vice drive. When, you, when are you going to do that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so a lot of it is, is subscriber feedback also. Mm -hmm. Are you able to tell the location of your subscribers? Are they mostly here local or are they all over? You can, you can tell uh, just by country. 
Mm. But but I I got a that's a great question. I got a funny one for you too. Is is I actually posted uh, a community post yesterday that I was going to be on your podcast today, and one of the first comments I got was someone saying, "Oh, good luck, greetings from the Netherlands." <laughs> you know, so so sometimes they do you know give me comments to where I know know where they are, but. Uh, but that's that's pretty cool, and that's one of the things that I I really enjoy about making the making the content is, you know, you're interacting with people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. That was actually going to be my next question. Then all of these various steps, like from deciding what the videos are going to be, then to filming it, then to the editing. What's your favorite part of the whole process? My favorite part of the process is, is interacting with with the subscribers, the viewers. Um, you know, for someone like the comment I just mentioned, uh, for someone from across the globe <laughs> to actually to be able to communicate with this person um, and for them to say that they enjoy my content, enjoy what I'm doing. Um, you know, there's I mean, that that just means the means the world to me. You know? So for them to say that, hey, you know, the video I just made about hitting the middle of the green, there was. You know, someone I had a, a kind of a long little conversation with someone about that, you know. Uh, so for me to help someone, it, I mean, that's the best part. Now, now, secondly, just in the actual filming editing process, although the editing process is really time consuming, I'd say that's probably my second favorite part. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that I look at it all as almost like you're trying to paint a picture, you're telling a story. You know, you're taking all these random video clips and you're trying to put them together in a cohesive way to where the viewer can can see this message can see the story that you're trying to convey. And I would say that's probably my, my second favorite part of the process. Mm -hmm. Your answer actually um, makes a lot of sense that you like interacting with your subscribers, the people who are paying attention, because I think one of the things that struck me when I first started watching your videos is huh, I like this guy. You have a likability. There's a, it's it's so genuine how it comes off, but you also speak very well. You're able to communicate these thoughts. You're able to do that. And that's, that's hard to do, right? It's, for most of us, it's a challenge. What do you attribute this? Um, I guess the, you know, it's hard for you to say, obviously your likability, but I mean, are you just kind of, is it just because you're coming from your heart and you're doing this or, Oh, do you think there's other things in your past, you know, could be career or what other that lead have kind of pushed, put you down this path that, that allow you to do this? I just, I just think that I try my best to, to share, uh, share my experiences in just a genuine way. You know, I just try, I, you know, I've learned a long time ago, you can't try to be anyone else. I'm not this, uh, you know, a lot of channels. A lot of channels out there, you've got these kind of loud, more rambunctious, outgoing um, um, content creators. And that's that's not me. You know, I just try to be genuine. I try to be myself. And I think that the way I look at it is the people that can appreciate that are the people that are going to gravitate to to my channel. Mm -hmm. uh, the people that are. I think there's a certain. You know. For instance, my chant, you know, I mean, you mentioned the the Mr. Short Hitter thing, you know, and really, I I, I call myself that. I, I do recognize that I'm not a 
short hitter compared to the average golfer. But, you know, like you said, it kind of answered the question early along. And I do have to answer that sometimes in the comment section that I'm kind of compare. I still compete in amateur events. So I'm more comparing myself to the the people I'm playing against in the Illinois Amateur Qualifier or the LA Open, you know, to where, you know, everyone seems to be hitting at 290, you know, and I'm hitting at 240, you know. Uh, so I think the people that are gravitating to my channel are the people that can relate more relate to me. I think I'm more relatable to the average golfer. You know, I think the average golfer can see what I'm doing and kind of be inspired and say, hey, you don't have to hit the ball 290 yards to play good, good golf. Because if you look at the media and you look at commercials and you look at, you know, every driver's going longer, everybody's hitting it further. You look at those things and it really makes you kind of think that if you don't do that, then you're incapable of being a, a decent golfer, mm -hmm. you know, and I think in, in many ways that can be discouraging, you know, even when I looked at, at, at YouTube, it seemed like the majority of, of people that I uh, ran across content creators were either people like that who were hitting the ball 290, 300 yards. You know, you got Kyle Berkshire, you got, the good, good guys, you've got, um, you know, uh, Rick Shields, Peter Finch, all, none of these guys are, are short hitters. Mm -hmm. So you've got guys like that, or on the other end of the spectrum, you have content creators who are shorter hitters, but they have trouble, you know, they're playing more fun golf and they're having trouble breaking a hundred. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I didn't see a lot of people that were hitting it distances that I was that actually was playing playing decent golf and so I think the people that gravitate to my channel are people that can appreciate that and are and actually are inspired by it mm -hmm. that yeah that's completely makes sense because as you're describing that when I'm watching those other you know YouTube content creators it's entertaining in that but I I can't empathize with that right I mean they're like even like the good, good guys, they're all hitting the ball a mile. And, you know, even the sort of the way they approach it isn't like me. Whereas when I saw your videos, like, oh, he's like me, Kirk's like me. And I was able to empathize that with that. Then from your perspective, knowing that it, you haven't been at this for very long, but if you look on the other side of it, you see these other social media uh, personalities, people creating videos on YouTube and Instagram and whatever, their popularity is now usurping the people who are the broadcasters on TV. It's They have a bigger audience than even, say, the folks who used to have the prime spots on you know, CBS or NBC. So putting that into context, knowing that this is a really unique time, especially in golf with social media, what do you think might be the future for you? Have you ever thought about like where you'd eventually like to take this? Well, um, I just, I do feel like the channel has some, some potential, you know, uh, you know, just initially, you know, my goal was to just create some content that people can enjoy and that can help the golfers, um, out there, you know, the people that can appreciate it. Uh, but I do think I have, I do think I have a unique, new, unique, unique part of, um, the content creation to where there are more people that can 
appreciate what I do, that can understand what I do, that can relate to what I do. And I think there is a real upside to that. Uh, you know, um, not, I mean, like you say, good, good. They are very entertaining, but early along in me creating content, you know, there was more than one subscriber that said to me that they can relate to what I do more than they can relate to the good, good guys. Like literally in the comment section, they're mentioning good, good, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, that makes me, makes me feel, and they had some other not so nice things to say about good, good, but mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, I, I do think that, that my position is unique and I do think continuing on the path that I'm on, I think, you know, a few years from now, I could grow the channel and, and have a pretty good, good following. So last question for you. This is, you're probably one of the best people to ask this question because your passion for the game. Can you tell me your favorite courses that you've played? And then secondly, the courses that you would love to play? And it could be local. Probably let's focus on local if at all possible. Okay. Uh, my my favorite courses locally, uh, you know, and like many golfers, I think I'm a little biased about of, of where I play well at, right? <laughs> um, I do like uh, Ravis. I do really love Ravislow Country Club. Um, and you know, I, I think I like Ravislow just because it's it's I am a big fan of the old of older style courses and tree lined courses. I feel like I have a, a, a unique advantage there because if you as you watch my videos, I don't I don't hit the driver offline very much. <laughs> so uh, there was one year a few probably two or three years ago I played three different different amateur events at Ravislow and won all three. So that's probably have a little, <laughs> a little bit to do with it, but mm -hmm. I do love that course. Uh, I love, uh, Mistwood. I grew up, I grew up playing at Woodruff. So, mm -hmm. um, full, disclo full disclosure, I am the general manager at Woodruff. <laughs> what I do. Uh, but I grew up playing there as a kid at 13 years old. So that's mm -hmm. always going to have a special place in my heart. Uh, but, I would say those are a few of my favorites locally. Uh, some courses up north I like are uh, courses like Sunset Valley. Mm -hmm. um, again, older courses, Lake Bluff. Those are those are some of probably some of my favorites locally. Mm -hmm. And then as far as courses you'd love oh, to play, one, yeah. one more. I, I forgot one more. Uh, Thunderhawk. Thunder oh, Hawk. yes. Yeah. I really, really love Thunderhawk. That's funny, too, because when you're you're listing Ravislow, Mistwood, Woodruff, and then when you say up north, that's what I think of immediately. Like, okay, there's certainly Thunderhawk is is got to be at the top. It's like it's almost like Wisconsin. You're in like a different world. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah Thunder, Thunderhawk is definitely one of my one of my favorite courses, no doubt about mm -hmm. it. And so then what would be uh, courses that you'd love to play? Could be, usually it would be private courses that, you know, are hard to get on or, you know, ones that are kind of on your bucket list. Well, I would say the number one is probably the course that's on everyone's bucket list. That none of us will get to play, Augusta. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
if I could if I could play Augusta, I'd be that 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 would be it. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, Augusta, I was uh, I was lucky enough my uh, my sophomore year of college we made uh, we made nationals, and nationals was at TPC. We played the Valley Course the tournament, but while we were there, we got to play Sawgrass the state. Mm. So uh, I'd like to go back there. That's the course that is just a beautiful course and a nice challenge of incredible challenge, not a nice challenge. <laughs> um, but uh, I would say that's one of my favorites, Augusta. Um, you know, I, I mean, I guess if if you're dreaming, uh, you know, courses like St. Andrews, mm. right? home of golf, you know, that would that would probably be a uh, – top of the list so if i could play those if i play st andrews and augusta i think that would be it <laughs> That'd be sure <laughs> if you if you did have the say we're keep dreaming if you did have the opportunity to play those places now augusta's off the table because i don't think they let you take pictures but could you see yourself if you got to go play st andrews would you bring your camera with and record it or oh definitely definitely yeah you know you know <clears throat> you know the thing is now just because of time wise <clears throat> Excuse me. Just because of time constraints, if I'm on the golf course, there's a pretty good chance I've got a camera with me. Mm-hmm. But I just don't have, uh, you know, the only way I can actually create this content is because I'm able to do it, mixing it with practice. If I, you know, if I'm playing a practice round for a golf tournament, there's a good chance I got a camera with me, and I'm either going to do a uh, a a course review or a film a video, you know, some type of video, because I just don't time wise, you know, I have to fit it in with, with my, my lifestyle. So the few times I get to go play, uh, I have to, I have to try to film. So yes, St. Andrews, I definitely, definitely have to, I think that would get uh, quite the views. (laughs) 